Hey, welcome back to the Triumph Over Trauma show, where we share stories of everyday people like you and like me, overcoming adversity. And we do this so that we can all learn tips, tools, strategies, techniques, even mindsets from each other on how to better overcome adversity in our own lives or lives of our loved ones around us. And as a reminder, in each episode, people will share, number one, the adversity that they face, so the story. Number two, how they overcame that adversity, how they got through it. And number three, what they learned. So also as a reminder, you, whoever you are, have a standing open invitation if you would ever like to A, share ideas on how we can make this show even better. We want this to be valuable and as of service to each and every listener. So, And you can do that by leaving a review and or a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you use. You can also reach us via email at triumphovertraumaspring at gmail.com. And that email address will be listed in the description of this podcast as well. A B, you can also join the show as a guest if you'd like to. If you have a story you'd like to tell about yourself or about a story that you've heard. Any way that we can work together to help others, help each other overcome adversity and learn from each other. So if you'd like to be a guest, just drop a note at that email address that I mentioned previously. And see if there's a story that you think should be told that people can learn from, whether it's your own story or it's a story of someone you know or someone you've heard of. Um, share that with me. I'd be more than happy to tell it uh, as we work to increase the collective knowledge of our group. So if there's something that we could all learn from in terms of how to overcome or how folks have overcome adversity, let me know. Again, shoot, shoot a note to me on that email. I'll be more than happy to tell that story. Excuse me, it would be an honor. And then as we move into today's show, I do want to make a special dedication of this episode. <clears throat> just found out, just before recording this, um, a good friend of mine, Dietrich, who I've mentioned before, he was in a terrible car accident late last night and is obviously on a mission here on this earth. The fact that he just made it out just with some, some scrapes and bruises. So uh, he's a husband, he's a father, and he's an incredible human being. So just grateful he made it out okay. And just a reminder for all of us, just, you know, each day, each day is a gift and to, you know, cherish it. So Dietrich, this is for you, my brother. All right, so let's get into it. The, the topic of today is the loss of a father. And I'm not telling this story. Uh, this is not my story. This is a story I heard of today. Uh, so we'll get into right into part one. So, so here's the backdrop. I was, you know, it's Sunday. It's a football day uh, in the household. So we've got, we've got uh, earlier this afternoon, we had ESPN on. My older son, he's 14. He's a big sports guy, big football guy too. Um, loves football. And so he had ESPN on. And there was a special on about a pair of brothers who both play in the National Football League, the NFL. Right, the premier league for football uh, in the country and in the world. 
And so these brothers, uh, they're the Diggs brothers, D-I-G-G-S. So Stefan is the older brother. He is a wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills. And his younger brother, Trayvon Diggs, is a defensive back or a cornerback uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. So there's a nice little segment, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes or so, maybe less, on, on their story, you know, part of their story at least. <clears throat> so I'm sitting there with my son. I'm kind of walking around doing some other things. You know how it is. I wasn't really paying attention. And then this show comes on, and it immediately caught my interest. And I'll say the, the hook was there was an American flag. I'm excuse me, a Maryland flag. And I'm a Maryland guy. I was born in Baltimore. I knew Stefan Diggs played at the Univer- University of Maryland, played football there. I knew that much. Uh, but, it, it, but it launched right into it. So apparently, him and his brother, they grew up in Montgomery, in Montgomery County, Maryland, which is a suburb of Washington, D.C. I actually have some, some friends uh, from that area who may be listening to the show. So Stefan's and Trayvon's you know, family, were, it was the two of them, then their mom and their dad. And their mom worked for Amtrak. You know the the train line, and spent a lot of time traveling, and would be gone um, often. And that's how she took care of the family. And uh, the the boys, their father, Aaron, he was a stay at home dad. So he he took care of three main things. There were three big there were three big responsibilities that Aaron had. Number one, education. Number two, discipline. And number three, football. Football. So you can see where this is going, how these guys end up in the NFL. And the boys tell the story of their father. And so when Stefan was just five years old, his dad signed him up for football. And the story goes, he told his son, listen, Stefan, one day you're going to have shoeboxes full of college recruiting offers. They're going to just want you to come play at their school. You know, you're going to do so well. You just believed in him. He had that vision and instilled that confidence. I love seeing parents and people as a whole, you know, set that big, big idea, that dream, you know, set this big audacious goal. So I think that's a beautiful thing. You know, he believed in his son, you know, before he even probably even started playing the sport. That's what he saw in him. And the way that, you know, Stefan and Trayvon tell the story, they said, listen, our dad was, he was not a real, you know, um, pat you on the back type of dad. He was tough love. Like he taught you what you needed to hear, but there wasn't a, like, it wasn't a real, you know, it wasn't a real probably touchy feely. It was teaching them the life lessons that they needed to know. So, you know, the boys are playing football, they're learning, etc. And then it kind of moves forward in the story as they're telling the story. And then very, very sadly, you know, tragically, at the young age of only 39 years old, Aaron Diggs, their father, dies from congestive heart failure. So he's only 39 at the time. And his son, his oldest son, was only 14 years old. And I'll tell you, this impacted me personally as I'm watching this program. I'm sitting there on the couch with my son. I'm 39. My oldest son is 14. So that hit me hard thinking about, you know, this father, all the things he had taught his boys already. You know, I also have two sons. All the things that 
he had instilled in them, his love for them, and also all the things still left to teach and be a part of and experience. You know, that hit hard. So I really felt for, I felt for the whole family. I felt for the whole family in hearing that part. So Stefan, you know, he's telling the story in, in this in the series on, you know, on ESPN. And he says, listen, I, you know, I had tears, I cried. And then I realized, I recognized what my father wanted me to do. And that was to lead my family and love my family. And so he was the oldest man in the house at that point. And he took that responsibility very seriously, you know, for his brother and for his mom. And so, and Trayvon shares his words as well, you know, how, how this impacted him, how much that hurt losing your dad and it was, you know, listen, Trayvon, you know, pretty soft-spoken guy, obviously very successful in what he does too. And it just, you know, it, it resonated. So Stefan goes on to play really well. He gets, he gets, he's very accomplished in football. People know who he is. His brother goes on to say, listen, you know, Stefan was always, you know, basically making a splash. People knew what he was doing. So he's doing really well. And lo and behold, just like his dad told him, Stefan ends up getting recruited heavily by big name college programs. I mean, they showed it. They showed the picture. We're talking about all the big name programs you hear about wanted him to come play there. Ohio, the Ohio State University. So I know some of y'all are Ohio fans. They're, they're, they're huge fan base. Uh, the Miami Hurricanes was another and probably many, many more. So it's it's a beautiful thing. Although his their father, Aaron, did not live the day to see it happen. That dream, that dream that he set out for his son, that vision, that was realized. It happened, right? He created that. He created that dream. Certainly, Stefan and the team of people who support him along the way all worked to make that happen. But Aaron planted that seed. And he started work with him at a young age and believed in his son. And what a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's sad to know that he, he wasn't there on the earth to see it. But, you know, I believe he knows it. You know, he's always there with his son. And he's smiling down on him. So, just a, I mean, that was touching to see that, that dream realized. So, Stefan, he has a decision to make. <clears throat> he is taking his responsibility for his family, right, that leadership and the love for, for his family very seriously. He still has a lot that he's teaching his younger brother. He's still a very important person in his family. So he has to decide where he's going to go to college. And he chooses, despite having the opportunity to play at some of these bigger name programs, he chooses to stay close to home so he can stay, you know, remain active in this, in his, in his household, in his family, still play that role that his father wanted him to play. Uh, which he still stood up and took that responsibility for. So he chose to play the University of Maryland. And this is, you know, this is where I heard about him um, as a running back. So, you know, he, he, uh, Stefan, he said he, in his dealings with his brother, you know, he was probably, you know, he was was a little more encouraging. You know, he kind of did give that pat on the back. You know, he said, listen, football's hard. But life is really hard too, and sometimes people need that pat on the back, that encouraging, that encouraging word. So, Stefan, 
you know, plays in University of Maryland, and then his, I think his junior year, yeah, his junior year, he goes on, enters the NFL draft, and is drafted by the Buffalo Bills as a wide receiver. And then a few years later, his younger brother, Trayvon, well, actually, let me tell you a little bit more Trayvon first. Trayvon ends up going to play at the University of Alabama with Nick Saban. All right? Roll Tide. He plays for them. He's a wide receiver at the time. But Coach Nick Saban and his process, very prolific football program, he says, listen, we see more of a future for you as a defensive back, as a cornerback, not as a wide receiver. So Trayvon was was ticked off when this happened. This is not what he saw for his future. He calls his brother. He calls Stefan saying, listen, this is what's going on, man. And Stefan kind of takes a page out of his dad's playbook, Aaron's playbook, says, hey, figure it out. Figure it out. And so Trayvon decides to then go ahead and play cornerback. Well, this works out for him because Trayvon eventually <clears throat> is drafted by the Dallas Cowboys, who, get this, the Cowboys... This was a really uh, beautiful part of the story. The Cowboys were his dad's favorite team, Aaron's favorite team. So how much that meant to him, you know, that he's drafted by his dad's team. That's just, you know, beautiful little God incidences, like not coincidences. So, all right, we'll keep going. So ultimately, that's part one. And, uh, you know, Part two, how do they overcome? How do they get through it? I don't even know if using the word overcome is even the right word for, for grief and loss, right? I guess maybe maybe get through it, maybe. You don't get over these kinds of things, as people have taught me and as I've learned. You get through them. You always carry them with you. These people that you love are always with you. They always will be with you. Um, so, you know, I can't speak for Stefan and Trayvon and their pain and their loss, so I'm just going to pull, you know, what I interpreted from this. And what I'm reading from this story is they got through this by taking the lessons they learned from their father and taking the love they had for each other and for their mom and just doing the best they could and just pouring into, right, doing the best they could, right, with football, with their life experience. In, in some of these situations, and I've heard other experience of this, I've heard other situations like this before with people I've met. In some great tragedies, such as this one, it pulls families even closer than they ever imagined. Sometimes crisis creates connection. Sometimes crisis creates connection. And it was very apparent in this interview how much these brothers loved each other and loved their mom. It was obvious. And, you know, they shared some of the things. Some really cool things. I mean, even, even they showed how during football games, they will literally text each other. The brothers will text each other during the you know, pro football games. They're texting each other during the game. Halftime. They're encouraging each other. They're sharing stuff, you know, coaching tips, right? They've got each other's back. They're there for each other. They're in it together. You see it. And... I don't know what the relationship was like, you know, before that, but they certainly have a strong relationship. And my my inter- interpretation here is part of that pain, that suffering, pulled them even to closer, even closer together as a unit, you know. And obviously impacted his decision even where to go to college. So 
that's my that's what I'm pulling from it um, as far as kind of how they got through it. And they both went on to succeed and perform at a very high level. All right, so that's that's part one and part two. Let's go to part three. So what did I learn, right? I can't speak for the for the brothers in this. They could probably share a whole lot more beyond this. So since we don't have Stefan and Trayvon on this episode today, I'm going to share a few things I learned from this experience, from listening to them tell their story, which is very, very powerful and very insightful. So number one, I already touched on it. Crisis, crises, pain, suffering, struggle, they can pull families and people together even closer. You know, seeing them communicate with each other, seeing the love and admiration they have for each other, seeing how they have each other's back, seeing how the, the Stefan stepped up and basically said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take care of this. Maybe, you know, maybe you've seen this in your life. Maybe someone got sick or someone, you know, stopped showing up or someone died. Maybe you had to step up at some point and you can relate with that. I know personally some people that have stepped in those kind of situations where there's a void, there's a gap, you know, in leadership or in continuity and someone steps up and fills those shoes. They didn't necessarily choose it. They didn't want it. They didn't ask for it, but they saw it needed to, it needed to be done and they stepped up and did it. So that's the first thing. Difficulty, challenges, adversity can pull people together even closer Number two, this is just a reminder of the fragility of life. You know, I shared my friend Dietrich and, you know, what he just experienced last night. You know, hearing about these boys and the relationship with their father. You know, thinking about, think about your own life. Any, you know, if you've had, if you've had any real tragic situations or even, you know, trying situations, it just reminds you of how fragile life is. It's easy to forget that, right? It's easy to forget and just think everything's going to always be the way that it is right now. But things are constantly changing. And things, you know, life changes in a blink of an eye. And I don't think we should live that way because we should live in a state of fear. But I think rather the opposite. I think it, it should foster a sense of gratitude, right? I think being aware of your mortality should foster a sense of appreciation, not fear. So there's a quote that I think applies really well here. There is no expiration date on the love between a father and his child. And that's by Jennifer Williamson. Again, there is no expiration date on the love between a father and his child. And maybe you're a father, you know, maybe your father is still in your life or maybe they're not but know that right that bond right is always there and then the last thing that I learned was little words of encouragement can go a long way little words of encouragement of support of hope of love man they can make a big difference you don't think they you don't think they can but to, to that person who's receiving them, that hope, that support, that say, saying, I care for you, it, it means something. Words really matter. Words make a difference. I mean, they showed on the screen. One brother's texting the other one. You know, you see, they showed the phone. Let's go. Let's go. You know, just hyping them up for the game. Or, hey, 
your pick is coming. Like for the, you know, for Stefan's telling Trayvon, hey, you're going to get interception. You got this. Or, hey, buckle down, tighten up in the second half. This is your, this is your turn. It's your time. Like you see those little words of motivation, inspiration. Some, we all need a little kick in the backside sometimes. We all need to have someone lay a little fire underneath us sometimes. We also need someone to just understand us. We all want to be heard, seen, heard, understood. So having someone, you know, you don't need an army. All you really need is, you know, if you have one good person who's got your back, that can make a difference. That can make a difference in your life. And if you can be that person to someone else, that can make a difference in someone else's life too. So that's what I pulled out of it. I mean, think about your own life and how this might apply. You know, have you seen instances where pain has pulled people together? Whether it's your family, friends, neighbors, etc. Have you seen instances where the fragility of life has reminded you to, to appreciate things? I know I've shared stuff on a previous episode about my wife and how she saw things in a different light. And last those words of encouragement. Is there someone who shows up in your life who gives you that affirmation? You know, it may not be every day, you know. It may not be at halftime, you know, your lunch break every day, but maybe it is once in a while. You know those people who got your back, who care for you, who are in your corner. And are you that for someone else? If not, can you be that for someone else? Who is that one person? And you don't, again, you don't need to take on an army. You don't need to try to save the world. But if you can just help one person a little bit, man, that can make a big difference. Even if you don't feel like you've got everything together and everything going, you don't feel like everything is going well right now, sometimes just being a little bit of, of positivity and love and hope and optimism for someone else, I mean, even if, they, especially if they know that you're not, you don't have it all worked out, that can make a difference. Maybe there's, maybe you take it on upon yourself as one kind of project. Maybe there's one person. Imagine if we all just try to support one other person in some loving, caring way, right? The goodness that, that would be in the world. There's so, there's so much negativity out there. It's easy to get consumed and thought about all the things that are pulling us down. And we all have the power. You have the power to, to boost someone up, lift someone up, give someone a hand up. It doesn't take, you know, moving mountains. It doesn't take, have to take winning the lottery. It can just take a text message here and there, a phone call here and there, showing up for lunch, coffee here and there, an invitation here and there. Are there ways you can just, you know, be that supporter, cheerleader, you know, have the back of someone else in your life. All right, let's wrap it up. So in summary, what do we talk about today? Well, we talked about the Diggs brothers, Stefan and Trayvon, you know, their story of their rise to football greatness and also their great loss of losing their father at a young age. We talked about how they got, well, I was going to say overcame, how they got through this, at least what I think, how they got through this, pulling together as a family unit and what they learned in that process, or excuse me, what I learned in that process. And that's about how pain and suffering can pull us together, make us even stronger, how fragile, delicate life is, and how the little things showing up for the people can make a big difference. Um, for someone else. All right. Well, I hope this was of value to you. I hope to be that number three, that little words of encouragement or teaching in your life in some small way. Uh, As always, if there's something you think we can do better, make this even better, reach out, let us know. And reminder, 
take care of yourself and take care of each other. All right, until next time, Triumph Over Trauma.